Welcome to Resilience Unraveled. Hi everybody and welcome to Resilience Unraveled, a podcast that examines all aspects of personal and organisational resilience. A huge all-encompassing subject that covers the ability to thrive in life by harnessing your cognitive, emotional, physiological and contextual abilities. I share stories from people who have thrived despite remarkable obstacles, as well as highly successful practitioners and experts across a range of topics. And this podcast introduces their amazing stories and expertise, as well as my own reflections, perspectives, strategies and tips, which come from my own synthesis of themes and trends from wider learning. You can go to qedod.com forward slash extras to access offers, tools and resources, including free articles and eBooks. For those of you that would be interested in supporting our work and contributing more proactively, you can find our new Patreon page at patreon.com. Then search for Resilience Space Unraveled. So, let's get started. Enjoy the show. So, hey, and welcome back to Resilience Unraveled. Uh, today, a new guest, Adam Weber. He's sitting looking gorgeous in a, in a very exotic looking hat. Uh, on the other side of the pond by the looks of things. So, hi Adam, how are you? Hi Russell, how are you today? I'm good. And what is on that hat? Is it something significant or is it just... It's the emblem of meditation, not medicine. Oh my goodness, you're branded up to the hat. I don't... I'm branded all over. I've got my wife branded, my kids branded, so people are always asking questions. Very good, very good. I like it. I really think that's a brilliant idea. And um, I can tell by the accent that you're not from the from the fair shores of the UK. So tell me where in the world you are today. Uh, I live just outside of New York City. Right. Uh, in Westchester County, which is just north of New York City, directly the next county up. Um, I've been working, my, well, most the majority of my career has been based out of New York City. But once we had kids, my wife and I decided that the city wasn't going to be the place to go to stay. And COVID has proven us right, that you didn't want to be in New York City or um, like a Chicago or something like that during COVID. Yeah, I think we're going to see a bit of a movement out of cities over the next few years, aren't we? That, that the great desire to be part of the hustle and bustle has somewhat changed now, isn't it? I think it's woken us up, haven't it, to, to quality of life. It has in New York, at least where I am, um, we've seen quite a few people. Um, people were leaving New York City anyway for the southern states of the United States, Florida, Texas, the Carolinas. Um, but people were leaving New York City because of the excessively high uh, tax rates and uh, big government getting in the way of even just registering your car. Yeah. Yeah. Goodness me, whatever next. Well, it's a joy to meet you. So tell us a bit about you. Uh, I've been in the corporate world. I, I grew up on Long Island. I, I was born in New York City. My father my father and mother were both, uh, my dad was a doctor, my mother a nurse at the, the renowned New York, NYU, uh, New York University Hospital. And my dad was also a, an instructor there. And then I, I was raised um, from about six to, well, I shouldn't say, maybe about, five till uh, 12 on Long Island, on the North Shore, uh, in an area of the South Shore of Long Island. Then we moved to the North Shore. Mm. And um, so I, but then I went to college in the Midwest here in the United States at a school called The Ohio State University. 
right? And, and spent and, a, lot, a lot of time out in the Midwest because it's very different, right. put it that way. Yeah, and a professional career? Professional career, I started out um, and still am for 31 years. I've been involved in commercial real estate in the, uh, whether it be the Midwest or New York City area. Um, something I love, something I've been doing for a long time. I'm saying now people are saying, well, you do so much other stuff. I said, well, the real estate is kind of a habit. I can't give up. Um, I really do enjoy it. And I enjoy the relationships that I've made. And uh, I did work for a big international company named Cushman and Wakefield that is also in your area of the world. And well, they're in 50, I think it's 55 countries now. Yeah. And, uh, and my understanding is that it's, you know, New York real estate is one of the toughest markets. You know, you've got to be pretty driven, pretty... I mean, according to, according to the thing I've seen on television, pretty driven, pretty ruthless, pretty, you know, out there. Is that yeah, true? It, it is driven. It's because of the number of people that are involved in the industry. You do have to be driven. Um, I like the idea of being aggressive, but not being ruthless with people. Um, because Fortunately, you get the opportunity to make, you know, build relationships with people from all over the world, yeah. people who are in New York temporarily long, you know, short term. And uh, it, it's just a great place to, uh, to, I guess you would say, not just build a career, but even as an adult, grow up even more. Interesting. And it's interesting to, that you, you've gone to this new life of writing books and speaking and such like, but you're still... You're still keeping that, your trade going, or your craft, aren't you? You're still working in that world. Yes, sir. I had started the writing of books uh, when I was working in the real estate world. Uh, things were changing fast. And as an instructor myself, uh, there was a need for people to be able to take a lot of information and condense mm -hmm. it in a short, easy to read book. I don't write excessively long books. My longest book is probably 125 pages. Um, the idea is that people can sit down uh, and, and read it maybe in a couple sittings versus a lot. My wife reads a lot of the longer books, you know, hundreds of pages, four or 500 pages that take her, you know, weeks, excuse me, to read and to digest. Because, but we read different types of books. I read uh, more business related and more autobiography. Um, of some people, I'm a big fan of Churchill. Um, in fact, I've named my pup. Uh, I have a, a, a dog I adopted uh, about four years ago. His name is Churchill. Um, I'm a big fan of, of people on your side of the pond and uh, the way things are done over there. Ah, very good. Well, it's lovely to hear someone being complimentary about our country. Because well, I, I, honestly, I love your country. I really do. I think uh, I think uh, people need to be more open. And I've been blessed to meet so many people, I and mean, not to invite so many people from where you are. In fact, I have a couple of colleagues when I worked for Cushman that temporarily went over there to work and said, when they came back to New York, I'd like to go back and stay there. Wow. That's, that's one reason the business was built over there, because we had people from New York and from other parts of the United States who wanted to go back to, you know, to the other side of the pond, number of different countries, but yours in particular. Good. Well, that's nice to hear. So, so you've written a new book. Um, so, it's, and oh, you've got the hat to prove that. So, talk me through the. Um, yeah, that's very good. Talk me through. I, I say that as if anyone could see the hat. Of course, it was a podcast. No one can, but it's 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 glorious. So, tell us about the new book. Well, the new book is called Meditation, Not Medicine. 
uh, about 14 years ago, um, it started where I was, uh, I was having health issues and I was diagnosed with a progressive form of multiple sclerosis, right. um, but also working in the corporate world in New York City, the stress at times was really excessive. And as a son of a doctor, I come from that one size fits all here, take this pill yeah. approach. And it made me sicker. It also, for me, it was something I didn't like. So I decided, you know, I had learned meditation before, not, I didn't practice it. I did it once in a while. Um, but then I, I said, you know what, I need to really practice this every day. And I've probably missed two or three days over the course of the last 14 years. Right. Um, and I had, I was teaching people because again, I come from the corporate world in New York City. Um, I don't come from the far Eastern world. I, I'm a, a kid from the, you know, again, from New York City and the North Shore of Long Island, there's no woo-woo involved. So I had people saying to me, you know, I like the way you do it. I like your method. And it agreed with a lot of the people. Again, we have what's famous as Wall Street here in New York, the financial markets, although there are financial markets all over the world, we have the financial markets. And um, I had people saying to me, you know, I, I don't, I, they, there was a, a, a People thought, oh, do I have to dress? Do I have to do you know, things a certain way if I want to meditate? And I, I created my own type called easy to meditate, which was really a, a very, again, as it says, easy to meditate. No woo-woo. You don't need any clothing. You don't need to sit in any different positions. You really didn't before, but it was always taught that way. And there was always some sort of aura around meditation. Um, but I needed it for my health. Well, let's 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 unpack a bit of that, if I may, then um, just sort of little chunks. So first of all, I mean, for people that might be confused, what is meditation? Well, meditation is uh, I, I can I call it really you're wrangling and resting your mind, doing, you know, slowing things down, um, not coming to a complete stop, but uh, really just, you know, utilizing breathing, utilizing focus and taking yourself out of the busy, crazy world that we live in and working on your breath and again, and, 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 and reducing your stress. And, you know, it's been studied in, 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 uh, in your area. It's all over the world, but it has so many benefits and it has so many benefits to helping people reduce their stress. And doesn't matter where you live, stress exists. Okay. And so before we before we get into that, so just let's talk a little bit about. Um, so you said what it is, which is which is which is interesting. So how do you do it? Because you're saying you're working with your breath. I mean, just be practical for me with a second. Yeah, if, no, it's it's about. I like I like the non-woo-woo approach. So I'm very interested yeah. to to hear your sort of take on it. It's about closing your eyes, breathing in through your nose, breathing out through your mouth, and just focusing on a place out there um, where there's really nothing going on and a way of slowing things down. And, and thoughts will come, thoughts will go, but it's a matter of ignoring them and letting them just go and working on slowing everything down in your body and your mind it's a, it's a, it's just a wonderful practice right i see and so um you know how long because i mean there's there's different sorts of meditation i i've learned 
transcendental meditation. There's all sorts of different types. So you're talking about this easy, easy thing. So how do yeah. that differentiate from the woo-woo type? Or well, what I've done TM, is, I, for example, I've studied TM myself and I enjoyed it. Um, but I, I'll never forget TM when they started to burn some things when at the end of my classes with them and the people I was with just seemed, I didn't fit in as well with that. So what I decided to do is whether it's Deepak Chopra or some of the others was to kind of take everything and I guess you would say throw it in a glass, shake it up and, and bring it out in a easy, that's why I call it easy to meditate, an easy form and something that's portable. You can use anywhere else, anywhere you want to go. Um, whether you work in an office, you're working at a home, it doesn't matter. It's just uh, that it's easy to practice. You, I, I have taught it to people so that they'll leave their business environment, go out into their car or go into a spare room and utilize it. Again, it's just about making it easy and no incense, no burning anything. Uh, and again, with TM, there was also flowers involved at times and um, things like that. And there are people who think you need those things to be able to do the meditation right. But the fact is you don't. You just need to take a seat and you need to get started. So what's, and, dif what's yeah. different between the way you're talking about meditation and just simple relaxation, for example? Well, simple relaxation, you might just take a seat on the couch and just sit there, maybe you read a book, watch TV, something like that. Uh, but with meditation, it's about just letting it all go, letting the stress go. And actually the changes that has been studied, whether it be in your country or in mine or all over the world, as far as the way it changes, it actually physically changes your brain and the gray matter part of your brain. But it also, it works with your heart. It's just about, in my opinion, is really just letting it all go and, and compartmentalizing where you are right. and your focus and what you're attempting to do. And do you follow a process to do this or? I, I have, and in my book, I, I create the, uh, I've, I've laid out the process. You know, it's a matter of sitting down somewhere comfortably, sitting up. I'm not a believer in walking meditations. I'm also not a believer in laying down completely, although you can do it. There are people who utilize meditation sometimes for sleeping because it slows things and quiets them down. In the doctors I've worked with, they said, you know, can we find, can we create something? So it's easy to meditate. You can utilize it for all sorts of things. If you're, because I, I myself have been a patient in the hospital like many others at times where it was just a matter of slowing down and wanting to go to sleep, not needing to take a, another prescription medication. Well, it's interesting that you're linking meditation as a replacement for meditation or as a, as a supporter to meditation. What's, what, what's your position on this? Well, I, I, again, as a son of a doctor and somebody who battles multiple sclerosis, I am a believer in medication, but for certain things. Right. Like uh, about five years ago, I had had back surgery right. and it was very painful. I had, you know, the L4 and L5, the lumbar discs operated on. And it was painful. But within two days, I said, I can't use this medication. I felt sick with it and said, let me slow it down. Let me calm down. Let, my, let me get my body in a place where I can go to sleep 
let me get my body in a place where I'm not feeling Because even with medications, uh, you can find yourself still feeling pain, but you can also find yourself feeling sick. And there's also effects where, you know, again, I have to, and I do, again, I'm not anti-medication. I just don't think it's a replacement for everything. Yeah. And I take a, a couple pills before I go to sleep at night, which helps with my, my nerves. Um, and it, and it, it's as far because with multiple sclerosis, it's a nerve ailment. And um, I, I sometimes you wake up in the morning and you kind of feel like there's a blur right. from, from the medication itself. Wow. And so you linked back, and I said I would come back to this, but you linked back to the links between stress. And we know that the negative side of stress is bad for us. And so you're linking the meditation. So talk to me, talk a bit more about the stress side of this. Then, if you would, well, please. the stress side, yeah, the stress will, um, and I'd say it to people, it will eat you alive. Mm. It really will. It will, uh, there are, it's been actually studied. It's actually causes mental problems. It causes physical problems, causes emotional problems. It's not, you know, stress to a degree is okay. Uh, it'll get you going, gets things moving, but it's not something that you want to be, you you don't, we don't want to be stressed all the time. I mean, there's a difference between saying there's natural stressors like, oh, here comes a car. I got to get out of the way and moving. Or if you're in danger, um, maybe from an animal or something else where you get out of, you know, your body, the cortisol comes through. But you shouldn't feel it when you're going to work every day to just do your job. And, you know, there you can address it. I don't feel that way anymore. I did for a long time. When I worked in corporate America, they were putting me on a plane or I was getting in a car and I would have to travel. And I found that it it's that you spend more time traveling. Yeah. more time than you would doing the actual work. I'd miss my family. I'd miss my wife. Mm-hmm. I'd miss my kids. I'd miss friends that I couldn't see. And, you know, you might work one day, but have to travel three because one day before, one day after, because you were compart- it was compartmentalized. Like I might have to go to Las Vegas or to California where I would have the only work day would be the day in between. But because of the long travel from where I am, I'd have to go to the airport, maybe wait. So, what would be a five-hour flight turned into an eight or nine-hour travel day. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's tricky, isn't it? And, okay, so that makes sense. Um, so you talked about this being a process, and I'm guessing, therefore, it's a skill, and therefore, I'm guessing practice makes you better at this. Is it, is it likely that someone will start to be an expert or do they have to, do they need to actually work a bit at this and make it, you know, build competence in this area? Well, like anything, as far as developing your own individual practice, yeah. um, you have to do it so that you like it. Yeah. So it take, for some people, they get it right away. I think a lot of that has to do with the relief that they get. But for others, like somebody like myself and other people I've talked to, it took a few weeks to, you know, you get the habit. It's it, part of it's about the habit, setting yeah. the habit. Down. Good habits are usually 21 to 30 days to get them in place. And so it takes 21 to 30 days to get things in place and to see. And, and what happens is the results compound on each other. The more you do it, the, the better the results you will see. Wow. 
Okay, brilliant. So if someone wants to find out more about uh, the book and the methods, uh, how do they find out more about you? How do they find out more about the book? Well, there's there's two web there's the meditationnotmedicine.com, www.meditationnotmedicine.com. There's also a website I have set up where people can get the book and just pay the shipping at www.meditationnotmedicinebook, which is specific to the book itself. Right. Um, and they can learn, they'll find me. I've, I've produced a lot of content, whether it be in YouTube, on my website. Um, I, I do public speaking. Unfortunately, Corona has shut us down. Yeah. I'm looking forward to once we all are able to get vaccinated. Yeah. Um, I get mine in a couple of weeks and then another three weeks after that to getting back out and getting moving yeah. and being able to see people again and teach in person. Um, where now I have to, I'm doing everything via zoom. Yeah. It's, and it's, it's not, it's not the, it's not perfect. Is it? Let's be honest, but it is what it is. Um, I just been a, it's been a whirlwind of, um, information and such like it's been absolutely brilliant and I, and I can see your different style um because we've had many people talking about this subject but you know your your style is actually the the thing that makes it different here isn't it and I like that sort of pragmatic approach yeah. the practical no bs just straight making it yeah. sound simple actually which... I, I'm glad you said the no bs because I I live in a marketing world where the marketer Dan Kennedy uses the term no bs all the time yeah. and I actually, the original title of the book, the subtitle said, no BS in it. And the first publisher I was working with thought it may offend some people if I said BS. Um, they were from a more Bible-centered part of the United States. Right. Um, but I, I really wanted this book to be everybody. I was just trying to tell everybody, there's no, there's no catch. No BS, no catch. Yeah. Just sit it down. You don't have to wear anything. You don't need, you don't, if you don't want, you don't need a fancy cushion. You don't, you know, you want to do it in your car, do it in your car. You want, I, I've done it in Central Park, which a lot of people, even that are not living in the States, I've heard of or know of. Um, I've done it in, a, in an office. So it's really, again, that's why it's a, it's called easy to meditate. There's no set rules. If you and I can both practice it and do it slightly differently. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. So um, meditationnotmedicine.com. That's the website. We've been talking to Adam Weber. It's been an absolute joy. Thank you for your time today, Adam. Russell, thank you so much. I appreciate you having me. You take care. Hi, everybody. I hope you found that episode useful and interesting. Feedback is always welcomed. And if you're in the mood to subscribe to us or even leave a comment on iTunes or Stitcher, that would be amazing. If you want to suggest ideas or even people you would like me to interview, then reach out to us at qedod.com forward slash contact. As I said earlier, you can go to qedod.com forward slash podcast for show notes or follow the links. And you can go to qedod.com forward slash extras to access offers, tools and resources, including free articles and ebooks. For those of you that would be interested in supporting our work and contributing more proactively, you can find our new Patreon page at patreon.com. Then search for Resilience Unraveled. I look forward to being in your ear next time around. Take care.